Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific stocks are rallying this morning, putting aside concerns about selling on Wall Street. Sydney is leading the way. The ASX 200 is up 1.5%. Tokyo and Seoul are not far behind. The key indices in both those markets up 1%. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. Happy Friday. Oh, finally. The first Friday after you take two weeks off is brutal, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) You still have to get used to it, I'm sure. Still trying to get back on that horse. U.S. stocks took a tumble again overnight. Tech and healthcare counters pulled the markets lower. The major indices appear set to finish their first week of 2022 in the red. The Nasdaq off 3.6% since the start of the year. The S&P 500 down 1.5%. So Ryan, the selling was sparked by the release of the minutes from the U.S. Federal Reserve's December meeting earlier this week. Now, the markets have been expecting the Fed to tighten monetary policy this year, taper off bond purchases, Mm -hmm. raise interest rates, trim the assets on its books. But when we take a closer look at those minutes again, something new in them really seems to have caused investors to take flight. What is it? Yeah, so like you pointed out, everything was telegraphed and... I think it's all about pace. We all expect these things to happen eventually one day because it's all part of normalization of policy. And the thing is, the pace of all these happening at the same time is just just making people think twice about the expectations when things will pan out the way they were um, predicting. So you've got all three things apparently now appearing to be um, happening on the same timeline because that is what the latest minutes from the FOMC indicate that the members are just feeling confident enough of the economy that they are ready to raise rates taper their bond buying program as well and also cut back on their portfolio of bonds so all that is just giving investors a lot to chew on and trying to figure out what they should be doing next in terms of uh, reallocation or repositioning Right, so the fear is that this is all happening at once and I suppose the fear is how much of liquidity will be drained from the market. We all have greater insight on the Fed's next step though, next week. US Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell will be testifying before the US Congress during the confirmation hearings for his reappointment to the second term. Now one piece of data that Powell and his colleagues are going to be keeping a close eye on are the latest employment numbers. Figures for the past week show that US jobless claims have come in higher than expected. Fill us in. Yeah, so we are looking at 207,000 for the latest weekly claims. So I guess if you look at it, mm-hmm. glass half empty, it is a slight uptick from the previous week. Um, the good news though is on a historical basis, it is still quite um, doing well uh, because it's actually doing better than some of the numbers we've seen pre-pandemic. So on that basis, we are still seeing or expecting a labour market recovery in the US. Uh, So that's one thing. And the other takeaway is there might be a slight dent in terms of the Omicron uh, concerns just um, bringing down some of the business activity, so that may be contributing to some of the um, numbers that have increased in the latest round. But all in, it looks like we are still on track um, because of what people are observing as a tightness of the labour market. It's not easy to get workers um, to join some of the companies. And you've got um, a couple of factors here. The tightness of the labour market due to things like 
how hard it is to find childcare, um, how some of the baby boomers have been retiring and not being replaced. Uh, also, maybe some workers just deciding after a long stretch in COVID-19 that, hey, maybe I want to be my own boss and control my own time. So they are not joining the labour market in that sense. So all these factors coming together may be just contributing to... Um, a, a tight labour market. So these numbers have to be taken into context, context that the, the jobs data or the jobs market is still recovering. Um, also worth noting, the tightness in the labour market is contributing to growth in wages. So that is up 4.8% in November. So that's another indication of a healthy economy coming back. All right. The stock prices slid, but bond yields Climbing the yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury note hit 1.75% overnight, about a quarter percent higher than where it ended 2021. So, Ron, what do you make of the bond market action? I've heard some investors say that the traditional strategy of 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds is not doing so well. Yeah, so that's been the case for, I guess, since easy money was you know, the policy for the day. So that's been happening for the past few years. People have been talking about, you no, know, what's allocation right now? You should be having if you are trying to get returns because bonds have not been as um, um, doing as well as in before the QE measures were put in place. So that has been leading to a lot of um, investors thinking more about investing in stocks. So much so they've been talking about Tina. There is no other alternative. Um, so that's been the case, and I think it's something we can expect to continue because when bond yields go up. Um, now, it may be a chance for investors to get back into bonds. And that's with the expectations of how the economy is going to do better. So that is one of the um, supporting factors for a rise in bond yields. So that could mean bonds could be back in favour again. For close to two years now, ever since the March 2020 plunge, every drop in the markets has effectively been a buying opportunity for investors. CNBC's Jim Cramer says he doesn't see an investable bottom yet and that it's still too early to buy aggressively. What do you think? We're seeing some buying action in Asian trade today, right? Yeah, it really depends on who you ask, right? So we asked Jim Cramer from CNBC. He is going to say it's not time yet. And maybe you could um, take a page out of his playbook because he's been around the business for nearly 40 years. So he's seen quite a few crises uh, and a few downturns and recessions. So he's speaking from some experience at least. And he's got a checklist. And two of the points I'm going to bring up is interesting to take note. So he says, you now based on his experience, he has not seen the level of negativity that's required for a reversal to be um, happening. So he's talking about the type of negativity that will make your stomach sick. I think we've seen that happen before. When I think back in the day when we had early days of um, COVID and the markets are crashing down by a thousand points, yeah. um, almost um, back to back. So that's maybe one scenario that could be um, he's looking out for. Mm -hmm. um, the other scenario he painted of how things have not bottomed out yet is how analysts have not downgraded as much as uh, he thinks they should be doing when uh, you expect markets to bottom out. So that's something he's waiting for before he thinks the sell-off or at least the bottom is ready for bargain hunting. And he thinks some of the major indices are, you know, haven't hit quite rock bottom yet. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, for example, lower by just 0.3% to date. So normally we don't do this early in the segment, Ryan, but I want to do up or down with you. Are you ready to go? 
Let's go. The high-profile investment star Kathy Wood, up or down? Yeah, this is going to be down for me. Pretty much reflective of the markets these days. Tech is not the flavor of the month. And so her portfolio is down. In fact, down by, let's take a quick look, 48% from Mm. its all-time high last year in February. Do you think Kathy Wood's star is falling? Well... She is saying the long-term trends are in her favour. You know, the fundamentals are there. Yeah. You know, AI is going to be around. And all the innovations that she's invested in will be around. So, time will tell. <laughs> if she sticks around for a long time, <laughs> it will pay off. Let's look at hedge funds. Are they buying or selling tech stocks? Yeah, pretty much uh, similar to what's happening in Cathie Wood. They are selling tech stocks. So, mm. that's been putting pressure on tech names. And this, apparently, the fastest pace of selling in the past decade. So past four sessions have seen them really holding a big sale. Yeah, selling. Hedge funds selling tech shares at their fastest pace in a decade. This according to data from Goldman Sachs, by the way. Let's look at US small cap stocks, Ryan. Mixed bag here. Yeah, it's quite interesting because um, last night we saw all three major indexes down, but the Russell 2000 index was bucking the trend in a green buy 0.6%. So it could be a reflection of how some of the smaller companies are seeing um, investors um, just weigh in with some optimism that Mm. the US economy is going to come back to some measure. So a selective um, buying opportunity in that space for US small caps could be just supporting the Russell 2000 index and also taking into account how some of these major indexes have been doing well in 2021. We are talking about the S&P 500, for example, up 27% and the Nasdaq up 20 plus percent as well. So maybe it could be a situation of investors looking for upside elsewhere, more upside in relative value. All right, Ryan, next up is uh, Singapore's COVID rating or lack of COVID rating, perhaps we should say. We've been talking this week about how the U.S. Center for Disease Control downgraded Singapore's COVID status to unknown. And that puts Singapore really in the same category as Afghanistan and North Korea and Syria. The Singapore government reacted yesterday to address this slight. What's the latest now? Yeah, so it turns out it was indeed due to a lack of data. So what we have right now is the US CDC uh, is going to just study the data that has now come through or will be coming through from the Ministry of Health and they will then update their travel health notice for Singapore accordingly. So stay tuned for this space of what will be the next update. Indeed. Let's turn to the world of cryptocurrencies. Not faring very well this week. Bitcoins are trading below 43,000 US dollars a token of 7% since the start of the year and more than 20% over the past three months. So Ryan, meme coins, Shiba, Dogecoin, they're doing even worse. We talked about them when they were on their way to the moon. Mm. So we have to look at them again. What's the latest? Yeah, and it's now coming back to Earth. So <laughs> it's down for Dogecoin, nearly 80% from its all-time high, which it reached in May last year. Uh, Shiba Inu is down more than 65% since mm. it hit its peak in October. So I think it could be a case of how some of these speculators or investors are getting impatient and just thinking, hey, it's not going up fast enough for me and I'm just going to move on to the next big thing or next flavor of the day. So something that could be playing out, but uh, these things can be so volatile. We could be talking about a different narrative tomorrow. (laughs) Looks like a crunch for crypto right now. Um, 
If we take a closer look at the sector, though, some analysts talk about Bitcoin becoming the new gold and a strong hedge against inflation. For that to happen, it would need to be a safe haven investment, wouldn't it? It seems instead that Bitcoin prices are still fairly closely correlated to the stock markets. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a case of competing narratives, right? And you have so many headlines around the crypto space. You have an argument though for both sides and with the safe haven argument, you've got Bitcoin serving its purpose for those who are in environments where their currencies are rather volatile, mostly the uh, Latin American countries and those with unstable governments. So their currencies, their fiat currencies fluctuate quite a lot and they actually could benefit from Bitcoin as a more relatively stable currency and something to hold on to their values. So that's something that could be the safe haven safe argument. On the other end of the table, um, it's also a risky asset to some because uh, the prices fluctuate so much that it could be a different story tomorrow and next week. So it's in a way aligned to risk appetite as well because it's still quite early days in terms of this technology relative to what uh, or I said to, relative to other um, options so you do have that as a factor the lack of fundamentals versus the traditional investment types so something of a bit of a tug of war between both narratives time to get back on that roller coaster for up or down round two Ryan are you ready let's go <laughs> how about GameStop GameStop is going to be I think an up for me and it has crypto in the story. It is trying to create an NFT marketplace for its turnaround plan. So that is really sending a share price up. Investors time. love the idea, don't they? For Yeah, up for me as well. Uh, GameStop shares have soared 23% in after-hours trade since talk about its plans to launch a new NFT marketplace. Next, uh, brand I quite like, Sonos. Oh, do you have a Sonos? I have two. Wow. Okay, mm. I have not tried it yet, but it looks like it could be uh, up for Sonos. They have seen a US court rule in their favor that Google has infringed uh, a patent from Sonos or patents from Sonos. Indeed. Sonos shares up 5.5% on the news in after-hours trade. So good for Sonos winning a patent infringement injunction against Google. Shimao. Shima is going to be down. In fact, I think it's going to be down most of the time for Chinese property developers. Yeah. And they have defaulted on a trust product to the tune of $137.6 million. So that overdue payment, they did not cough up the money. So it's down and that has sent the price of their bonds down as well. So it's going to mean property under the radar again for jitters in Chinese markets. Yeah, Shimao seen as a bellwether for other firms. Shimao's bonds routed yesterday on the back of news. One of its units had defaulted on a local loan. So definitely a down. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.